now there have been a few rearrangements this morning, so um, just bear with me and bear with us if uh, technology doesn't quite match up, but uh, uh, we'll do our best, okay? Um, I was quite excited about what God's got to, to say to us today. Now, with it being Christmas time, I thought it'd be good um, just to think a little bit about the beginning of the Christmas story, which, of course, begins when Mary learns that she uh, is guy, that she's going to bear the, the, the Son of God, that she's going to be uh, the one who brings Jesus into the world. And it's quite an important passage in Scripture. And so I want to concentrate this morning. I, I kind of shift a th- emphasis a little bit. Um, I was going to talk a bit about marriage, but I'm not going to do that. So um, it's not quite as advertised this morning, okay. Um, but uh, I want to think about Mary as, uh, how she, how, as she was as a parent and um, as she, how she found her purpose in life, how God called her, and what, what we can learn about how God speaks to us and, and calls us. So that's where we're going this morning. But as we've just got a little bit more room, I thought I'd show you a few pictures, if that's all right. Uh, while I was researching for this uh, talk this morning, I was uh, trying to do a little bit of, of investigation about um, where Mary came from and uh, what the background was like. Well, um, there, there were so many legends and, and so on and, and writings that we're not really very sure about. Uh, so I, I don't want to say too much about that. But um, w- one thing I did find out, which is interesting, is, um, you know, Mary was called in Nazareth, but it, it's quite likely that um, Nazareth was a dormitory town for this particular place. So can we have the first slide up, please? It's now in ruins, but uh, this is a picture of an ancient city which in its time was uh, the, 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 the capital city of Galilee, where Jesus grew up. And I just found out one or two interesting things about Jesus' life before uh, he came into his ministry. And, and this, is, this is a city called Sephoris. Um, and it was uh, the sort of the, the crown, the, the jewel in the crown of Galilee. It was built by uh, Herod's son uh, to, uh, to be his capital city. And it was a banking center. It was a very sophisticated uh, part of the world in those days. You know, we tend to think of Jesus growing up as a, 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 the son of a carpenter in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't actually the case. Um, and when you look at some of these cities, they were amazing places. Nothing had been seen, uh, uh, nothing was seen like it until probably, uh, you know, 100, uh, sorry, 1,500 years later or more. Well, here's, let's have the next slide. Now, that isn't actually Sephoris, but it's a reconstruction of the city of Ephesus, which was uh, uh, a major city, as you know, in Bible times. And you can see the streets and the shops and all these kind of things. So this city was somewhere that Jesus would know as he grew up. Um, So he he wasn't from the backwoods altogether. You know, he, he came from... Uh, a, a fairly sophi- he knew about fairly sophisticated things. You know, there was a theatre in uh, in Sephoris, and you remember he called uh, the um, uh, some of the Jews in Jerusalem. He called them hypocrites. Well, the hypocrite is a word from the theatre. It means a play actor, and so this was uh, 
you know, part of his, uh, under his understanding of life and so on. So it's uh, just trying to say that uh, he, he, Jesus knew about fairly sophisticated things. Well, just, just out of interest, you'll see the next slide. And um, you can see Nazareth there uh, in the bottom left-hand corner. And Sephorus is about four miles away, just a bit less. And actually, Joseph, um, Mary's husband and Jesus' uh, stepfather, as it were, um, although he lived in Nazareth, um, he was, he was a, the word in the Greek for his, which is often translated as carpenter, the Greek word tektone, you can hear technology in that, was actually a, um, a skilled worker and probably a builder and a stonemason. And he would, he would travel from uh, Nazareth to Sephorus to work. And that's, I, I guess, where Jesus would work as well when he was working for his father. So it, it's quite an interesting thing. We you know, sometimes think, I say, Jesus and Mary and Joseph, we have these pictures of them and Jesus working in a, in, in a sort of backwater there. But it, it wasn't, wasn't quite the case. Okay, so um, there's, let's just see the, see the next one. Just a couple more s uh, slides. Uh, that's another one. You can see the mosaics there in the front. And those are the kind of things that a tecton would work on, would, would produce mosaics, beautiful mosaics like that. And uh, the final slide is uh, just the theatre, I think. Yeah, that's the, the theatre as it exists today. It would, be, it would have a, a huge um, uh, sort of uh, front piece there, and uh, it would be um, uh, quite a, a, a major center for culture and so on. Okay, so that's just a, I, I thought I'd just put that in just to have a little bit more time, so just to, to show you that some of the interesting things, and that, that city is being excavated today, and uh, it's not very usually on the tourist tra uh, trail, but it's worth, worth a visit. Okay, so let's, let's have a think about Mary, because she really, when you think about it, this woman changed the world. It was she who bore the Son of God to be our Savior. What a privilege. And, you know, sometimes I think that motherhood is, is underrated. In, in our culture, uh, you know, it's, it's let's go out to work, let's make a name for ourselves. But for Mary, she had a, a humble, uh, a humble uh, path in life, but it was... It was so significant. And I, I, because, you know, everything, this is how I'm thinking, anyway, every, everything God does, he's chosen to work through people. In this world, it's, it's people who are used by God to do things. You know, he's chosen to work through us. He doesn't work sort of, independently of human beings. You see, right at the beginning, he gave Adam the authority uh, to rule over this world. And he never withdrew that, even when Adam sinned, and sin came into the world, and things started to go wrong. And of course, because of that, it opened the human race to negative spiritual forces, to the devil himself and all his uh, evil spirits. But God uh, still chooses to work through people. He doesn't do things independently 
of human beings. He's looking for someone to work through. In all, his, in all the ways, he's, he's looking for those who will give their lives to him and who will say yes to him and will, will want to go his way and achieve something for him. And what, you know, whoever we are, it won't necessarily be a, you know, become a prime minister or a, 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 an important uh, politician or whatever. But God has got something for every one of us, something that's part of the beautiful pattern of life. You know, in the world, people want fame, they want fortune, but that's not God's way. God wants us to be uh, humble followers of Jesus, but he, he gives us a significance, a significance as children of God. And from that, we, you know, it's, it, we, we're born to, to give, what God wants is for us to give him glory. And, you know, you can give him glory in the most insignificant of places as the world would see it. And the home is, can be such a significant place for us. And I th we should not despise motherhood and fatherhood together bringing up children. And I want to think about a little bit about how Mary and Joseph brought up their son and their sons and daughters, which is also a very interesting uh, aspect. Because, you know, motherhood, it, it involves sacrifice. It involves putting other people before yourself. And fatherhood, too. You know, you, you're giving to your children. And who knows who you have in your family? Who knows who is, uh, what your child is going to become? And how God is going to use them. And, you know, every child is precious to God. And every child has a purpose. But mothers and fathers can help or hinder that purpose. And one thing that Mary and Joseph did was to dedicate their child, Jesus, to God. They took him to the temple, if you remember, and dedicated him to God. And I believe it's really important as parents that we dedicate our children to God. We say, they, they're not old enough to say yes to God for themselves. But you can, they can, uh, as it were, by proxy, you can say, okay, Lord, I'm giving this child to you. And I'm, want, I'm wanting you to use them. And that opens the door. Because God doesn't do things without our permission. He won't use us unless we give, it, give him our permission. And so as parents, we're kind of opening the door early, if you see, for God to influence them. Now, they have to choose themselves. They're not going to just be, uh, you know, automatically become, uh, you know, believers, as I'll say in a minute. But, but if, if we dedicate our children to the Lord, we're opening the door for God to come in and, and uh, use them for his glory and for his purposes. So Mary and Joseph, they presented Jesus to God in the temple. And it's interesting that word present, because it's the same word that, that Paul uses in Romans chapter 12, when he says, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And so it, it's, it means to place a personal thing at one's disposal. So you are placing your child 
as somebody at God's disposal. Um, and so God can work through them. And, and, you know, if we do that and bring our children up as, uh, in, in a believing uh, Bible-based home, they have such a wonderful start. But, you know, some of us who come to the Lord much later on, God has got to deal with all sorts of rubbish that we've accumulated over the years. Now, it doesn't mean he can't use us because we've not been dedicated as a child, but it, it is important, you know, that um, w as parents that we do this so that we just open the door so God can use them. And it's not, it, it makes life so much more, um, so much easier for them in, in a sense that, you know, that they've got an early start anyway. But um, God can use us all. And I believe one of the things he wants to say today to us, you know, is to, is to call us into our purpose. And I want to look at how Mary uh, finds her purpose in God. But there's just one more thing I wanted to, to, to share about Mary and Joseph as they brought up um, th uh, their, their children. Now, there they were, a holy family, as it were. You know, there's Mary with a testimony about uh, how, she's, uh, uh, how Jesus was born miraculously. Um, they've given him to God. And the Bible says that Jesus actually has several brothers and uh, sisters. Um, I've got their names somewhere. I'm trying to find out where they are, but uh, I can't just a minute. Um, oh, yeah, here we are. There was James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and it says all his sisters. So it's quite a big family in the end. And so here was this, this family, touched by God, dedicated to the Lord in his service, wanting to follow his ways, um, guided by angels. And then here was this uh, older brother growing up, absolutely perfect. And then this older brother um, be becomes this wonderful uh, man of God who is performing miracles and is, you know, uh, demonstrating the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet it says that his brothers did not believe him. It says Jesus' brothers did not believe him. They'd had a perfect family life, at least as far as you can imagine, a perfect family life must be, unless it was rather irritating to have a perfect older brother, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, they didn't believe him, despite all that Mary and Joseph had done. And so it just, it just struck me that, you know, but the, the fascinating thing is that um, James and Jude eventually wrote two of the books of the New Testament. And so they weren't, um, they weren't believers, if you like, um, in Jesus anyway, in, in, the, in their home life and in their early life, but they did come to God later on. And they were very significant members of the early church. So just trying to encourage us as parents, really, that even though we pour all this, all this into our children, and then we find out that they go their own way and they don't believe. Well, we've sown the seeds and God can bring them back. And I, you know, I really believe that we can just keep praying and we will see them restored to the kingdom. God can touch them. Even as, as you let them go into the world and you think, well, I've done my best and that's it. And you have done your best. You know, you've tried hard and you've, you've, you've fed them the word. You've, and yet they still say no. But 
they can get, take encouragement from that, 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 that God can restore them and that they will respond to him as we keep praying. And I'm sure there are people here, I well, I know there are, that you know, can give testimony how God is, uh, how their children have gone off into the world and then come back and been restored. Okay, well, we're going to look at the scriptures now because um, I want to see how Mary achieves, her, how she is called by God uh, in... Um, uh, in this well-known passage about uh, how the, the angel Gabriel meets her. So here we are. Now, uh, this is from Luke chapter 1, verse um, 26 onwards. Thank you, Richard. Oh, yeah, that's great. Now, it says, in the sixth month, that's, uh, um, is, I th- well, I thought it was of Elizabeth's pregnancy, but never mind. Anyway, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could all have an angel come to us and say, you know, God's calling you, this is your purpose, and so on. Now, that doesn't happen usually. You've not had an angel come to you naturally, have you? No. <laughs> what, what, what do you say, Rich? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> but but th- this is a, a, a most unusual event, isn't it? That, that, that what, what is going to happen to her? She needed this very dramatic call. And sometimes God will call us dramatically. But this call is tailor-made for her. And that's the point I want to say, that God will call you for his purpose. If you've, have, if you've given your life to him, he will show you clearly what he has for you to do. It may not be something dramatic. It may be something uh, quite what some people would think is, is, huma- is, is humble. But God's purpose for you is to give him glory. And he will call you and he will make it clear. And he, he has a purpose for each one of us. So, but, you know, it, it doesn't, as I say, it doesn't have to be dramatic, but it is personal, and it will be for you. It's what God, the, God treats us all as individuals. He loves us as individuals, and he has a call for your life, and he is calling you into something. Now, you know, some, some of us maybe feel as though we're already in that calling. Some feel, you know, Lord, where are you taking me? Sometimes it, uh, it comes early in life, sometimes later. But, you know, God has a, a purpose for each one. So, but in this case, God sent the angel. Well, in verse 29, it says, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So the angel tells Mary that uh, this, uh, she's going to be, become pregnant and, and have uh, the Son of God. Now, what an amazing thing to happen. And, you know, um, at this time in uh, Israel, 
everybody, there was an expectancy. If they'd been following the prophecies of Daniel, there was an expectancy that now was the time for Messiah to come. And this was like, it was almost a dream of every, um, every young girl at that time. That, Am I going to be the mother of Messiah? Am I going to give birth to the Christ child? And Mary then um, has this, if you like, dream fulfillment come to her. And you know, it's, it, it was every girl's dream, if you like, or many girls' dreams. And uh, you know, I like to think that Mary was also wondering, will I be that person? And sometimes, you know, we think that God calls us to uh, difficult things. Or, well, sorry, no, that's a later point. I'll deal with that in a minute. That God calls us to something we don't want to do. Um, something that is, um, you know, I, I friends of mine, I remember in years gone by, oh, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be a Christian. Uh, you know, God will call me to Africa. Now, sorry for Africans here. There's a thing wrong with Africa. <laughs> but, but, you know, God, God's, God's got something for me which will be unpleasant, something which uh, isn't, isn't suited to me. But actually, God's call is for us, is personally uh, tailored for something that is absolutely suited to our abilities and our past and our training and, and what he's prepared us for. So as, as he calls Mary, he's, he's giving her, if you like, a delight. It's something that she can, um, uh, she can enjoy. This is, a, you know, God's call is, is not something, it, it's for you personally, for what you, he has for you because of your uh, background and everything else. So don't fear that, uh, you know, if you put your life into God's hands, that he, he's going to call you into something which is um, going to be unpleasant. It, it, the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in God, if you'll give yourself to him, if you'll present yourself to him, then he will give you the desires of your heart. But of course, for Mary, although it might be um, a delightful call, it was also a demanding one. Let's look at the next part of the scripture. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, uh, that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. It's a great verse, that, isn't it? With God, nothing will be impossible. One, verse, one version says, no word of God will be without its power, that everything God speaks to you will, will come to pass. And uh, the angel actually encourages Mary here because she's facing a difficulty, you see. First of all, there's a miracle. How's this going to happen? Because, you know, where, you know where's, where's the seed going to come from? Um, but of course, she's already betrothed to Joseph. Now, in those days, a betrothal was a contract to be married. And what would happen is that the, 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 um, uh, the, the two would come together and um, 
uh, agree that they're going to be married. And then the husband would go away for a year and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't consummate their marriage until, uh, until the end of that year or so. And during that time, it was a very um, important time when they prepared to get married and they took marriage very seriously. You know, sometimes I think today people are rather, you know, jumping into marriage too quickly and uh, things don't work out. But for, the, for this culture at this time, it was very important that uh, they, they kept themselves for one another, but they, they were apart for a while while they prepared. The husband preparing the home, the wife preparing herself as well, no doubt learning some of the skills that she needed to learn to be a good wife and a good mother. But um, during this time, of course, um, if, if the woman became pregnant, it looked as though she'd been unfaithful to her husband. And the, the penalty for that, according to the Jewish law, was stoning to death. So Mary was facing something very uh, ama you know, amazingly difficult. Fortunately, she had a good man, who, as, as we know the story, you know, that he... He, he didn't stone her, he, he kept, he, he wanted to put her away, of course, until the angel came, another angel came and said, look, he, this, is, this is from God. But the, the, the point is here that um, uh, Mary is, um, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought, I'm just going to quickly check my notes. Um, yeah, Mary is facing something quite challenging. And uh, it needs to to, uh, to to go through this needs faith, and whatever God calls us to needs faith. It, it, he's not going to call us to something which is doesn't need faith. He, he wants us to put our trust in Him to believe that He can do it, even though we might find it challenging. You know that, as I say, God wants to work through human beings. He wants to work through you. He wants to work through, through, he wants to work through me. But uh, he does it as we put our faith in him. And sometimes, you know, we have to walk on the water. We have to, 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 to step out, um, like Peter on the boat. You know, step out of the boat. Uh, go into uh, uncharted areas. Uh, let God challenge us and let him work through us and do something beyond what we can do in the natural because, you know, we are created to be that. We're con we are supernatural people. We have the, the, the Holy Spirit within us. And Jesus said, you can do all, we can do all things, well, Paul said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And Jesus said, we'd even do greater works than he did because of the, we have the Holy Spirit resident within us. And uh, I, I believe that this morning, you know, God wants to expand our horizons. He wants, he wants to say, you know, you can do more. Than uh, you are, uh, than you think you are capable of, because I'm in you. You can't do things that God isn't calling you to do. But if He's calling you to do something and you're a bit reluctant, well, believe Him. You know it's possible. All things are possible for him who believes. All things. You know. Um, so what is God calling you to do? Is is there something where He's saying to you, you know, look, you, you you've held back uh, because you don't think you can do it but you can if he's called if he's called you to do it for as it says here for with God nothing will be impossible 
So Mary, Mary has this call. It's very dramatic. Um, it, it might be uh, desirable, but it's also difficult in the sense, or I should say, not difficult in one sense, but demanding anyway. It's demanding her faith that she, 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 um, uh, she has to think this one through and, and she has to, to, to believe God uh, that he's going to do it, that she can rest in him and that he will do it and he will see her through. And of course, they had great difficulties, didn't they? You know, their, their very lives were challenged. Certainly the life of the child was challenged as Herod was chasing after the, the, the newborn king. But as the angel said, with God, nothing will be impossible. I believe that's the word for somebody this morning. With God, nothing will be impossible. Now, the final verse. Uh, so I really like this. You could say that this is the most important prayer that was ever prayed. It's a simple prayer, but it's a, it's a, it, without this prayer, we would not be here this morning. Okay? Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, without, without that prayer, um, Jesus wouldn't have been born. Because God won't do anything without your permission if you're in your life. He needs your permission. He needs you to, to cooperate. Uh, I thought it was rather interesting what the, the angel said to Mary. It says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And the implication there is that it's, it's with God, you and God, you, you and God together, with God, nothing will be impossible. It's the two of you. And that's how God works in this world. He works through people. And he's looking for those who will give themselves to him for his purpose. And that verse in, in uh, you know, if you're not sure of your purpose in life, then that verse in Romans 12, chapter 1, uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, says, present your bodies to God. Present as a living sacrifice. Let me just pick my notes up because it's here somewhere. I need to read it. Just like Mary and Joseph presented Jesus, remember it's to put yourself at someone's disposal and not to, not to take it back. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So as you present yourself to the Lord and give yourself to him for his purposes, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you will know what God's will is. And it's good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. God has a good plan for each one of us. So let's today be those who are given into his hands for his purpose. I believe as every one of us does that, and every one of us surrendered to Jesus this morning, we can see amazing things happen in our midst, in our families, 
through our children, through uh, our, our life together as, as a body of, of Christ. So I'd just like to pray with us just as we finish. Father God, we want to thank you for that amazing story of how Jesus came into the world. And Lord, just as you called Mary and had a purpose for her, we thank you that you have a purpose for us. And Lord, we want to just give ourselves afresh to you today. Many of us have done this many times, and it's a, a process. Um, it's not just a one-off thing. It's an everyday thing. Lord, we just want to surrender to you today that you would achieve your purposes through us, through our families, through our children, and through our fellowship here together, that Jesus may be glorified and your kingdom come and your will done in our midst. In Jesus' name.